Hey, I'm just studying a treasure map. If you're wondering what I'm doing, hiding behind this big old piece of paper here. Only a certain age group knows what I'm holding here because this is what we call an old school map where you had to, you had to actually pull over on the side of the road and you had to unfold it and you had to study it a little bit and to find out where you were going. Well, I didn't ever have to do that because I'm not directionally challenged, but I watched other people do it. But this right here, what if I told you I have a treasure map that will lead you to the greatest treasure ever known to man? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa. What would you say if I said, hey, I got a treasure map for you. It will lead you to the greatest treasure you've ever known, anybody has ever known. You just, here, I just want to give it to you. How many of you would be like, well, come on, give it to me, right? I want that treasure map. Well, I actually do have a treasure map for you that leads you to the greatest treasure ever known to man. It's just not that one that I was just showing you. It's this one right here called the Bible. And last weekend, we had a great conversation with a panel of people that were talking to us about the, uh, how the, the Bible has come alive for them and, and how it is powerful, how it's changed their life. But, but today, I wanna continue that conversation. I wanna, I wanna share in the word of God with you how powerful the word is and how you can get it into your life. So we're on this subject, alive and powerful. And it comes from this scripture in Hebrews chapter four, where it says this. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. Can you say those two words, alive and powerful? It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Now, my desire for you as the body of Christ is I want you to get to where God has destined you to be. That means that you need a good roadmap. You need a good roadmap to get to where God wants you to be. So a little bit of encouragement here and there. I mean, that's good, but that's not just what we need in this hour. We need a good roadmap. Come on. Siri has led me astray. I'm just here to tell you, she's probably led everybody astray at some point. Some roadmap maybe has led you astray, but there's one map called the Bible, the Word of God. It is the map for mankind that will never lead you astray. I want you to become strong and courageous so you can face whatever life throws at you. This book is the most read book of history. It is the most translated book in history. It's the best-selling book of all time. By the way, New York Times bestsellers list, we get excited about, man, I just, I got a New York Times bestseller book I just read. Just so you know, the Bible's always above that New York Times bestsellers list. They just leave it off the list because it's a gimme. The Bible's gonna be the number one bestseller worldwide every year. It was written over a period of 1,600 years, over a dozen countries on three continents by 40 writers from all walks of life. With the Bible making sense, with all those different sorts of people writing it at different times is astronomical. Poets, prophets, princes, kings, sailors, soldiers, attorneys, doctors, 
Farmers, scholars, shepherds, priests, historians, fishermen, tax collectors, and businessmen. They wrote it in caves, ships, homes, palaces, prisons, and deserts. 40 different writers, but one author, and his name is Jesus. Come on, somebody. So the apostle Paul was inspired by God to write much of the treasure map in the New Testament, to reveal the the gospel, the good news. His last letter, his last little, his last note of here, I gotta write about this treasure map one last time, was to a guy by the name of Timothy. And in 2 Timothy, this is what Paul wrote. He said, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise. Anybody in the room? Anybody on, on, on screen, uh, listening in your living room or wherever you are? How many of you would like to be wise? Come on, let me hear you, right? You want to be wise. The Scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Check this out. He goes on. All Scripture is God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed. One translation is inspired, right? This, it literally means God-breathed, so that's why I, I chose this translate, translation. The word literally means God-breathed, which can you re- recall with me when God breathed initially in the Bible? He made man from the dust of the earth, but he wasn't a living being yet. And God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living be- being. Man, we become alive because of the breath of God. Scripture is God-breathed. Oh, man. I I wish I could hear your amens through this video camera that I'm looking at because I need the breath of life. I need, I don't, I don't just need news channels. I don't just need media. I don't, I don't even just need, even though I like it, your encouragement. I need, you need the breath of God. The Bible says all scripture, all scripture is God breathed. It's literally the breath of God. So when I I need life and I need power, I got to go to the scriptures. The scriptures are God breathed. And look at this. They're useful. (laughs) They're useful. Look at what it's useful for. Teaching, Rebuking, what? Correcting. Come on, how many of you are thankful for rerouting? Right, you, you, you miss a turn. You knew you were supposed to turn there, but you missed it. Or you didn't know you were supposed to turn there and you missed it. There are so many times in life when we miss the turn and then, it, you know, if you're using an audio, an, an, an audio for a map, it tells you, oh, rerouting. I'm thankful that the Bible corrects. The Bible reroutes us. When we start making wrong, poor decisions and we go the wrong way, the Bible, it, correct, it teaches us, it rebukes us, it corrects us, and in training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So right here, the Bible tells us why we need it. The Bible says, here's why we need the Bible. Look at this. Because number one, I don't know what I need to know. It's useful for teaching. So let's just admit it together. I don't know what I need to know. If, if you're all alone, just go ahead and say it out loud. 
You'll feel better just admitting it. Confession's good for the soul. I don't know what I need to know. The Bible's good. It's useful for teaching. Second thing it said, sometimes I don't like to admit when I'm living wrong. I need rebuking. Sometimes I don't like to admit it. I don't like to admit that I'm wrong. So when I let the God breath, the breath of God, the God-breathed scriptures to be in my life, they rebuke me. And it tells me, oh, you're living wrong and you don't want to admit it. Oh, another, another one. Sometimes I'm convinced I'm right, but I'm wrong. I need correcting. Sometimes I don't like to admit I'm wrong, but I kind of know it. Other times I don't think I'm wrong, but the Bible corrects me. I'm thankful for the Bible. Anybody thankful for the Bible? Thankful for scriptures. It says this as well, uh, that I want to live life well and I want to make a difference for Jesus. I need training. It says it's good for training in righteousness. So Paul wrote this to Timothy, his last letter. This is Paul's last letter to Timothy. And I reread the entire book today and looking just at how many times the apostle Paul in his last words referred to the scriptures. He referred to the gospel. He referred to the good news. It was like again and again and again. And he, at one time later, he's, he's in a prison cell and he's writing to Timothy and he wants him to bring him some stuff. And he, he says this, he goes, he goes, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas when you come. Oh, and the books, especially the parchments. The parchments were most likely fragments of the Old Testament. The thing that Paul, while in prison, longed for the most. It's like, yeah, I, I, I'd like a coat, cloak. I, I need something to keep me warm here. And, and I'd like some books, something to read. But if you can only bring one thing, especially the parchments, I need the breath of God. I, I, I need to know where to go right now. I need to know my way around. I, I, need, I need this in my life all the days of my life, and so do you. Now, all treasure maps have clues. Like if you literally had a treasure map, you would need to know how to read the treasure map. You would need to know, okay, well, where does, what does that clue mean, and how do, you, how do I understand the map? Okay, in order to read a treasure map effectively, you need to know how to read the map. I wanna show you the, a key a treasure map key. Here's the treasure map key for you, and it's an acronym MAP. Easy to remember, all right? We give you three points on how to understand the treasure map so you can get to where God wants you to be. So you can receive all the useful stuff of the God breath scripture. So you can receive the teaching, the training, the, you can receive the correcting, you can receive the rebuking. In order to do that, I need these three things. And here's the first one, which has kind of been a hijacked word. I start with M for map. It's, 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 it's a hijacked word. It's meditation in our generation. Now, meditation does not mean that you, biblically, does not mean that you el eliminate every thought from your mind. To meditate biblically doesn't mean that you, you have to sit in a position that requires more flexibility than a ballerina. To meditate literally means to turn it over again, to turn it over again, and again, to utter, to muse, to practice, to study, to ruminate. You farming peeps, got cows, a cow chewing its cud. How many stomachs does a cow have anyway? A lot, right? And so it's just like, the cow just ruminates, sitting around after it's ate a bunch, 
lays down, maybe in the shade, and just ruminates and starts chewing on it again. Biblically, to meditate is to do it again, is to think about it again. The, very, the first time in the scriptures where the Bible uses this word meditate is, is to a guy by the name of Joshua. And it says, be strong and very courageous. How many of you like to be strong and very courageous? Come on, I'd like to be strong and very courageous. All right, be, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Don't get off course of the map. Then you will be success, successful in everything you do. Look at this. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate. Say that word with me. Meditate. Meditate on it day and night. So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then, only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Seems pretty clear, doesn't it? It seems like, okay, I need the God breath scriptures. I need the breath of God into me. All right, how do I do this? How do I meditate without being weird? All right, bring it up, think about it. I'm gonna give you just a few things that I've done and some things that, that, that people do that, that helps them to ruminate, to, to not just quickly read as like, oh, I read, I read, I read that page. Or, I, you know, like you're just speed reading like you're trying to get the class done. And no, no, that's not how to meditate on the, on the scriptures. Look at this. Yes, read it, but then pick a portion and zoom in. Pick a portion of the scripture and zoom in. For instance, here's what I did for you earlier. All scripture is God-breathed. And I highlighted God-breathed and I explained God-breathed. Why? Because I zoomed in on it. I took a time and I just zoomed in on it. And, I, and, I, and as I zoomed in, I felt like the Lord was actually zooming it in on me. Going, all scripture is God-breathed. So I pick a portion, I zoom in. And then I ask a question. What does God-breathed mean? Ask a question while you're zoomed in. I go, what, is, what does God breathe mean? Oh, where's the first place that God breathed? Here's my process of how I just said to you, what, how I said to you what I said to you. It's like, where does, oh, it, it's, it's in Genesis. And God breathed upon man. So ask a question when you zoom in on us, write it out. Maybe just write the scripture out. And then come back to it several times a day, pondering it. Here's a really good one. Read it out loud. Don't just read silently in your mind. Read it out loud. And then I really like to do this. Decree it. I love to decree it. One of my weapons of war, when I struggle and I feel like I'm out of breath and I'm, I don't see the treasure map anymore or I'm losing my way and I feel kind of lost, one of my weapons of war, when I struggle, is to pull out the treasure map of Scripture and to read it out loud. And then what I do is this. I make it personal. And I'm gonna show you how to do it. Here's, here's how I do that. I'll give you a scripture. Psalm 121. So I'll read a scripture like this and I'll go, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And here's where I change it a little bit. He will not let you stumble. I go, ah, I'm not talking to anybody else right now. 
I'm talking to me. So I go like this. He will not let Bob stumble. The one who watches over Bob will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Bob never slumbers or sleeps. My name's Bob, if you didn't know that. The Lord himself watches over Bob. The Lord stands beside Bob as Bob's protective shade. Ooh-wee. How about, how about we use your name? The sun will not harm John by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps Amy from all harm and watches over Brooke's life. The Lord keeps watch over Andrew as Andrew comes and goes both now and forever. Isn't that powerful? You start, I, I, dec- I begin to decree it and I put my name in it. And when I say it out loud, there's something about it. It's like the treasure map starts to come alive for me and I experience the life. I experience the power, the treasure map. I, I begin to find my way around life because I, I begin to sense that the treasure map is real. It's, there's something significant about it. Okay, that's M for your map, all right? Meditate. Second thing, key to understanding a treasure map called the Bible, A, application. Application. Here's a scripture for you to get what I mean by application. Hebrews chapter four. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. How many people read the Bible and it doesn't profit them? The word they heard didn't profit them. Why? Not being, look at this, mixed with faith. The treasure map benefits you when you mix it with faith. So when the Bible says to pray and I read it, I'll pray, pray, close my Bible and go on my merry way. And then I wonder, eh, I don't know. I'm not really ever really led to that much treasure. Well, if the Bible says to pray, pray. The Bible says to fast, fast. If the Bible says to give, do so generously. If the Bible says to forgive, do so graciously. So I've got to mix what I read with faith. What good would it do you to have a literal treasure map, look at it, read it, but not go where it says to go? What's the point of having a treasure map that leads to a billion dollars of silver and gold, but I only look at it in my house? I close it up, put it away, and then go about my life. No! I open up the treasure map and it says, start here. There's a clue when you go there. I go... Fold that map up, put it in my back pocket, and I go. And I take off, and I go right to where it said to go. So I do what the treasure map says to do. So I meditate on it. Once I've meditated on it, I, I, now I know what to do. So I do it. I, I, I have meditation, then I have application. So I, I remember a time in my life when I, I was struggling, and I was battling, and, and, and I just I got in my car, and I raced to my pastor's house and I knocked on his door and he answered the door 
and, and he brought me into his house and he began to quote a scripture over my life. Now this scripture is very, very meaningful to me because all, all he did is he just quoted scripture and he goes, Bob, sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under the law, but you're under grace. Now listen, I've never forgotten that key on the treasure map ever my entire life. That was decades ago. That scripture will always be very near and dear to me because when he decreed it out of his mouth, it's like it came off some dry, dusty page, came alive into my spirit, and it set me free. And I just never struggled with that battle again because that's how much life and power there is to the breath of God. All right. M, meditation. A, application. Let's finish out spelling the three-letter word, which I can at least spell three-letter words. Map, P. Personalization. There will be times when God will take a scripture, whether it is through someone else or through you just having time alone reading the Bible, where you will experience what I just described to you where the, 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 the Bible will come alive to you and it will feel as if God is speaking directly to you as if that portion of scripture was written only for you. Now, you know inside, obviously God wrote this for everybody else too. But today, I'm pretty sure he had me on his mind when he inspired the writer to write those words. And it will be very meaningful to you. You will have those moments. This is where the Bible goes from information to revelation. I want to show you where it happens to an individual by the name of Mary in the Christmas story, where she's a virgin and she's told by the angel of the Lord, she's told, you're going you're gonna to give birth to the Messiah. Well, she goes from not understanding to, oh my goodness, I, I get it. Let it be unto me. There's two, there's different words for the word, word in Greek. Logos means written or spoken word. And that might be where you're reading and it, you're, the Bible, you're reading it on the page. It's the written word. It's the written word. It's logos. And there's times in Greek behind the word, word, it's the word logos. But there's times in your New Testament in Greek, it's the word this, rhema. And rhema means revealed. And I want to show you in the story with Mary where she goes from logos to rhema. She goes from the written word or spoken, but didn't get it, to a lights go on and I get it. And God wants to do that for you where it really becomes personalization. Look at this, Luke chapter one. Mary asked the angel, and here's where it is, logos. How can this happen? I'm a virgin. This doesn't make sense to me. That, I don't get it. You could be there reading the Bible right now at times and going, I don't understand this. I don't understand this. I don't understand this. Hold on. Ask for the Holy Spirit to show up. He's the God breath. And all of a sudden it'll go from, I don't get this. I don't get this to this. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. This is what we need when we read the Bible. We need the Holy Spirit to come upon us and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he'll be called the son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. 
people used to say. People used to say. Maybe you used to say, I'm a this kind of person. I'm a fill in the blank. I'm a that. I've always been this. People used to say, maybe you used to say, and that might be your confession up to this point. But when you start going through the map and you meditate and you read it and you read it out loud and you begin to declare it and then you apply it, all of a sudden personalization and power is going to be released in your life and people are going to say something different. People used to say, and you're going to be someone who says something different. She was barren, but she has conceived a son and it's now in her sixth month. For the word, see that? The word, the word of God. This is the word, rhema. The rhema of God will never fail. One day, I don't get it. Another day, the Holy Spirit comes upon me, poof, and I get it. Personalization. Now, the Bible has been the most fought out, fought over book. It's, it's been like denied. It's been, it's been dissected. It's, it's been, it's been disputed. It's, it's been debated. It's been outlawed. And it's been the most destroyed book ever because it's the breath of God and it leads people to eternal life. I love this quote by Charles Coulson. Coulson. Let's, let's look at this. The Bible banned, burned, beloved, more widely read, more frequently attacked than any other book in history. Generations of intellectuals have attempted to discredit it. Dictators of every age have outlawed it and executed those who read it. Yet soldiers carry it into battle, believing it is more powerful than their weapons. Fragments of it smuggled into solitary prison cells have transformed ruthless killers into gentle saints. Pieced together scraps of scripture have converted whole villages. Bible is powerful. I want you to know that every other map is going to burn up someday. But there's one map that has never, ever steered someone wrong. There is one map that has never needed to be changed. There is one map that always leads it, leads the reader to the treasure that it promises. There was one map that will never lead someone to a dead end. And that treasure map, my friends, is the map of the word of God. First Peter chapter one, I wanna close with this scripture. It says, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Woo. The Bible always is true. And I don't know where you feel like your life is right now. Sometimes you feel like, if you're like most of us, you feel like, man, I feel like I'm caught in a storm and I cannot see my way out. I don't know which way's right. I don't know which way's left. I don't know which way's up and I don't know which way's down. But I came here to tell you that there is a map that can be trusted. When you cannot see your way clear, it sees your way clear for you. There is a map called the Word of God and the author, his name is Jesus. And 
He wants to make the Word of God alive to you. And He wants to breathe life into you. Here's where it all begins for us. And I want to pray for all of us. I want to pray two prayers, but I want to pray for those of you who are not sure. I'm just not sure, Bob, if I know this Jesus of which you speak, but I would love to. I would love to give my life to Him. I want to, I want to pray for you. Because it's, it's not by works that anyone is saved. It's by the work of Jesus that everyone is saved. We admit we're sinners and we need Jesus and you are welcome to the family. And then I want to pray for all of us that this week we will begin to have encounters with the breath of God. That the Holy Spirit will begin to breathe upon our times when we meditate, when we begin to apply, and when we begin to personalize the scriptures and we experience it go from just Logos to Rhema and our lives are forever changed. I want to pray for God encounters through the scriptures for all of us. If you're listening right here, right now, and you're tuned in and you are not sure if you are born again, please listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says you must be born again. You must be born again. I, I, I have, if, if I want to experience eternal life, I have to be born again. How do I do that? Admit I'm a sinner. Jesus, be my Savior. Pray with me right here, right now. Jesus, I come before you and I admit to you that I've sinned and that I need you. I believe you are the Son of God. Will you forgive me today for every sin I've ever committed and every sin I ever will? Come into my heart. I want to be born again. I pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. We rejoice with you. And if you, listen, if you just prayed that prayer with us, heaven is pausing and clapping and shouting and saying another one has just found their way home through the treasure map of the word of God. Welcome to the family of God. There's a number on the screen. Please help us help you. We want to help you in your journey text in on that number and just say, I just prayed that prayer. And when you pray that prayer, you, you text us in that. We would love to be able to give you a Bible if you need one to help you know where to begin to read that Bible and help you with what is my next steps. How can I become a part of this family, the family of God? And I want to say a prayer for all of us that the word of God will come alive. That we won't just treat it as like, oh, I read it, put it away and not do what it says. But we'll experience the power of it and the God breath will meet with us as we open up the Bible this week. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit right now that he is gonna answer this prayer. Holy Spirit, come upon your people. Come upon everybody that's hearing this message. Even come upon those that are missing this weekend's message for whatever reason. And the next time they open their Bible, that, that Life Church is their home, we're saying the breath of God come upon them. Breath of the Lord, breathe upon the house of God, the people of God, so that the scriptures will come alive to them. Rhema, they'll go from, how can this be to all of a sudden, I get it, let it be unto me according to the word of the Lord. Breath of the Lord, breathe upon the people of God. We love you and we love your word. Let our times with you and the scriptures come alive. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody shouted amen. Amen and amen. Well, I got a worship team that's up here and I'm not quite sure what to do with all you guys yet. 
But uh, do you have something you want to sing? Do you got something? Let's do it. Come on up here and let's, let's just, let's, maybe you're in your living room. Let's stand up together. Let's take a moment and just worship the Lord in response to his word today. Can we do that? Come on. Lead us. Are you leading us that? Let's go for it. His be upon you in a thousand generations, in your family, in your children, in their children, in their children. May His favor be upon you in a thousand generations. you in the name of the Lord. Have an amazing, powerful, blessed week. Life Church family, we'll see you soon.